Well, it wasn't a pretty game, a very odd one, in fact. But the Golden State Warriors, again, outplayed the Celtics. They do it on the back of their defense. That, as much as the brilliance of Steph Curry, has been the key ingredient in their three victories in this series. Despite 23% from three, Steph's 233-game streak in the playoffs and postseason of making a three-pointer first playoff game he didn't make a three-pointer in his career golden state largely controlled this one outside of the third quarter and wins by double digits i'm happy you brought up the warriors defense because i i think that both the combination of their defense and some mistakes that boston made don't worry we will talk about those as well that gave the warriors a a little bit more of a margin for error than i necessarily thought they did we lavished justified praise upon stephen curry after his game four and he'd done huge things in in the series overall and we wondered what would happen if he had an off night and curry contributes to the team's offensive success even when he's not hitting three pointers by the attention he draws and he had eight assists and only one turnover in this game but defending really well and i think the place i want to start with that i mean there are two different kind of bigger threads there that for the warriors defense i think are important one of them is forcing turnovers and not necessarily in this one the turnover margin though that was important and we will get there instead it was forcing 18 turnovers nine of which were live ball and the Warriors scored 22 points they had a 22 to 9 advantage on points off turnovers yeah that was huge even though the Warriors didn't have their best transition scoring game in this one and a fair number of the turnovers that even were dead ball were forced like a Tatum travel smarts offensive foul by Poole being an irritant against him a sell job as well of course but he did make contact with his face after yes it after kind of it was it, fighting began. i like to distinguish between embellishment and a flop that was embellishment there was there was actual contact it was just oversold yeah, yeah i and, think the the biggest thing that that i took away the celtics did not get up as many three-pointers as they have been throughout these playoffs only 32 they had a very weird three-point shooting game in which they missed their first 12 then made their next eight and then finished up three for 12 uh, the rest of the way so that was pretty odd and of course uh, the end of the second and then beginning of the third as they stormed back from a 12 point halftime deficit to take the lead and put up 35 points in the third quarter and no more than 23 in any other quarter but i thought that whether it was boston's passing not being that great or the warriors just being able to rotate out to guys which certainly they had probably i think their best game rotating out to the perimeter running guys off the line and then also just the their overall forcing boston to play in a crowd and it's a little different of an approach for the warriors than the way miami does it right where miami they very aggressive helping off the first pass a lot of the time gapping off of their man on the axis between ball and man whereas golden state if there is pen- i mean they'll definitely press up on you and, and not let you take a three off the dribble they only have a couple of guys who are going to do that anyway and then once the drive has begun that's when the help gets there and they really start to overload and i think tatum and brown these guys are pretty big guys athletic finishers the warriors don't have a rob williams type of guy on the floor they think that there's an opening to get to the basket and whether it's 
someone sneaking in from the corner or Kevon Looney or Draymond Green coming over. You just don't see those guys in your vision as you drive to the basket the way you would just a massive rim protecting presence and you go up for the shot and it's not even necessarily that they're getting it blocked a lot of these times. It's just they're missing like the Warriors and this has been the case for them for a long time and some of the players uh, have been similar throughout a, a lot of that period but they get other guys in too. They just make it difficult to finish in the paint in a way that you don't necessarily anticipate and i thought tatum did not have a great passing game in fact no celtic had more than four assists in this game they had 18 assists uh, on 31 field goals they got to the foul line a lot too that'll depress your assist numbers some and and they had the 18 turnovers and just the celtics we they're not out yet i would guess that the numbers on the celtics drives they probably had a ton of drives and just weren't able to be efficient on those plays because of the good warriors defense right and and overall, Boston, 18 of 36 in the paint and you want to do better than 50% on shots in the paint they did get to the line 31 times and importantly Boston missed 10 free throws in this game that is another missed opportunity yeah. one of many for them in this contest T- and Tatum was two out of six he had yeah. two trips to the line where he missed them both Brown and Tatum appropriately considering the team shot 50% in the paint they were eight of 18 so slightly below 50% and that also meant that Robert Williams you know he he was four or five but five shots you know you and Horford only took two shots in the paint. So they're not getting like, though they're not transferring those to like clean looks as much for bigs. And you brought up how the contesting shots run basket, but another thing that the kind of the late digs and the help reacting to drives that happens for the Warriors. And some of that's in the steal numbers and like included Gary Payton had the second had three steals in this game. The Warriors in general had nine overall had nine, but also in the hustle stats, the Warriors credited with 17 deflections compared to Boston seven. That's a 17 deflections is a big number. Big, big number. Five of those GP2, Clay had four draymond had three and then a bunch of other guys had two or one clay really continues to have kind of reinvented himself as a pretty solid help defender he had a big play in the fourth where he came over and forced to miss on tatum and he's getting more strips than he ever has as well i think maybe just because he's diminished a little bit in terms of his lateral movement and he's playing off the ball a little bit more he's focused more on that whereas his previous role used to be like the glued to you guy primary assignment defender so he's another one of these guys who actually has started to make a, a few more plays for this Warriors defense and even with Draymond Green spending a fair amount of the night in foul trouble even with Kevon Looney barely playing in the first after getting three fouls in the first quarter barely playing in the first half I, I should say they're able to come off the bench with Gary Payton his second game this series where he's played 25 or more minutes he was plus 16 and also like I think he really helps them again offensively with his pace and finishing around the rim getting some timely offensive rebounds he was one of three on threes you know it's still not a huge threat for him uh, other than when he's standing in the corner he he hit a a floater over Horford uh, as well and then contrast that with with Poole coming off the bench with 14 I thought he actually had his best defensive game in the series like they're really they don't recall any plays where he just got like overwhelmed in the way that he has uh, at times earlier in the series and I think part of that was just that they did a better job of keeping him out of bad matchups and the Celtics 
it's got a couple of things there where they his man had to go or Tatum's man had to go under the screen and, and Tatum got a shot but largely they kept pool out of the matchup and he had a few plays boxing out and, and with good help rotation so it actually made a positive difference played with like a little bit more force than he normally does Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife... And I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types. And uh, Helix offers 20 unique mattresses. Everybody sleeps differently. And Helix mattresses are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences. Hot or cold, side sleeper, back sleeper. So take that Helix sleep quiz. Find your perfect mattress in under two minutes and it's shipped straight to your door free of charge. It's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home. You're like, well, how should I order this if I can't sleep? I'm like, yeah, you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do I take my shoes off? Do I leave my shoes on? But then my feet kind of hang off the bed because I don't want to put my shoes on the bed. And is it weird that I'm laying here for more than 30 seconds? You can't tell anything under those circumstances. You might as well just order it, get it sent to your house, get that 100 night trial. They're 10 to 15 year warranty, depending on the model. And there's never been a better time to try a Helix Sleep mattress because they are offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace. Easier to slash capspace. We talk about all the time here on the program. That's helixsleep.com slash capspace. This is their best offer yet. I can attest to that since I've been working with them for nine years. And it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Don't forget that slash capspace URL to let them know that you came from us. Man, I just love American Giant. Just an amazing clothing company. I was reminded again of how much I love it when I drove from California to Montana over the All-Star break. And you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold, particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas. You're like, well, I don't want to wear like my jacket in the car, but then I get out to fill gas. I'm going to be freezing. But the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm it's not too hot as well so i was able to wear it in the car not be too hot step out of the car and still be warm enough when i was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that i didn't feel like i needed my jacket even when it was cold outside these things are amazingly durable i proposed to my wife wearing an american giant hoodie in the grand canyon almost seven years ago i still own that same hoodie i still wear it constantly and american giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout you remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us
We probably should talk next about the night of one Andrew Wiggins, who was probably at least, I mean, would you say he's the best player on the floor? I mean, I'm always loath to say that, particularly about the Warriors, because everything revolves around Steph. And a lot of times when Andrew Wiggins, or let's say Andre Iguodala in the 2015 finals does well, it's based off of what Steph is doing. But certainly Wiggins was outstanding tonight. His defensive effort and intensity made a huge difference, often taking on the tough defensive assignments for the Celtics whether that's Tatum or Brown in that given moment. He also had some very nice help defensive plays. There was one where he got a he got a kind of a help block from behind, which was really impressive. And Wiggins got more aggressive offensively. Didn't make a three, 0 for 6 in this one, but 12 for 17 on twos. And Robert Williams has vexed, stymied Andrew Wiggins basically the entire time they've shared the floor. And Andrew Wiggins had some real baskets on Robert Williams in the yeah. fourth quarter that helped seal the game yeah he got one going to the room now when, when Wiggins can really load up you know I think he's gonna try to just score on anybody and he got one of those off that the pet play that the Warriors got a ton of mileage out of in this game they get the ball into the post and then have a big screen away for Curry on this play two jumped out on Curry they finally switched up what they were doing because they were giving up wide open threes on that every time and then Steph hit Wiggins on the roll he had an acrobatic finisher on Williams and then he took him one-on-one as well and it got to his spot I think the Warriors are starting to understand Poole had one on him in game five that if you can kind of attack Williams get him moving backwards that's where you he can't really explode up and you can actually get your shot off against him in an isolation um yeah and again his individual defense on Tatum was also I mean Tatum really I don't like to look at the matchup data because it, it can get a little bit wonky as far as like who in theory is guarding who when you're just trying to do it with an algorithm Seth actually had a good tweet thread about that this weekend that I retweeted but on plays where Wiggins has just guarded Tatum and Tatum has tried to attack him without a screen or anything like that I mean it just it, maybe he scored like once or twice in the whole series I would say with just a lot of really bad misses like Tatum really just can't get going against Wiggins at all I would say so uh he was a nice game on the glass again as well so yeah I mean he's just been an absolutely invaluable player for the Warriors in these last last two series in particular speaking of invaluable the celtics outscored the golden state warriors by 11 points in robert williams 30 minutes of action yeah they lost this game by 10 it was the the on-offs were Embiid-esque and when you consider who Robert Williams' backup was in this game. Mm. Yeah, Al Horford, he starts the game, but he when Rob comes off the floor, Horford is on it. And Horford overall in this one was negative 19 in 33 minutes, hit a couple of threes during their big run, but that, that was about it. And were you able to get the numbers on the just the Horford only minutes? Not sure if there's a great way to do that at there, this point. There isn't there thing. isn't a great way to do it, but but, so if we oh, want I to might use... be able to get it actually. Hold on. Oh, never mind. You can't do this yeah. by date. I'm cleaning. Yeah, the glass. It, yeah. It, but but basically, so the Robert Williams plus 11, and the Warriors were ahead by 16. Well, yeah, I guess so. If he's no, no, never mind. We can't. Well, no. So anyway, okay. Here, so so the Warriors were <laughs> the tired. Warriors were ahead by 16 when everyone got pulled, and Robert 
Williams, they were plus 11 in his minutes. So that means they were negative 27 in the minutes where Robert Williams was not on the floor. And until they, they was a very minuscule part of Grant Williams at the five. So I guess maybe we could say the Warriors are up 13. So then I would probably say it that they were negative 24 during the minutes where Horford played seven as a very yeah. rough calculation. Yeah, no, that's probably fair. And that was 16 minutes. So minus 24 in a, about 16 minutes mm-hmm. or, or, 15 minutes actually yeah, 15 yeah out. just under three minutes left woof I, I mean that's really like the warriors I, I overall they were really able to score well in the paint again i mean to go nine of 40 from three and is still end up winning this game in the end comfortably well and not only nine of 40 from three they still had a 93 first shot half court offense like that's about league average overall yeah. this year and again that doesn't include putbacks that doesn't include anything else the warriors didn't grab a ton of offensive rebounds in this game they had four individually credited or if you want to think of it this way 11 percent of their possessions were offensive rebounds so they 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 were just getting getting things around the basket and it's not only I, I, it's it's not only the contested shots around the basket that robert williams makes hard it's the shots that players especially draymond green don't take because they think he's in the area and the drives that the warriors don't take because they don't think they're going to get anything from it and so golden state's offense we, I, I've long thought of games involving the Golden State Warriors as the Curry minutes and the non-Curry minutes. This series, honestly, I think a more fair lens is the Robert Williams and the non-Robert Williams minutes. Yeah, and 30 minutes was absolutely as much as they could play him. He only played 12 in the first half. They're down by 12. They change up the substitution pattern in the third when things are going well. Ended up playing Rob 18 of the first 21 minutes in the second half when they took him out to start the I think he played the entire third and they took him out to start the fourth they're down one and immediate run by the Warriors to basically put the game out of reach not out of reach but they would never get close again after that you know just that, that three minute run with Steph off the floor as you mentioned wasn't it as big of a deal um so they pushed Rob I think as hard as they could I mean for him to play 30 minutes and I think they made the right call getting him out with three minutes left in the game there's no reason to potentially have him out there any longer talk about some of the strategic changes that were made the celtics generally tried to have the bigs up even higher i think that worked pretty well overall uh, they, steph, they also yeah. they also did a much better job limiting steph curry's potential damage going left yeah that, that's a great point i think they really in isolation they forced him right smart it was pretty good getting into the ball forcing him right you know and they gave up a, a layup to draymond and pick and roll when they basically are just you don't want to say weak because there's a sensible weak hand is his left hand but you know just forcing him right from basically mid-court and not letting him get to the left side of the floor and so he just drove downhill and hit Draymond on the roll and he that was one of their few finishes around Rob that they got and so that was pretty good I thought Curry particularly in the second half just did not have his legs like shots were short he just looked kind of rickety just didn't look like he had a good base on those didn't appear to be moving well I think maybe he tweaked it maybe it was just because it seemed like everyone who mattered in this game was limping or, or exhausted at one point or another so maybe that's just what it was it, it could have just been a, that that foot is starting to swell up on him a little bit or he did something else who knows but he definitely looked his drive game was still pretty effective you know he still had 16 points despite not hitting a three and but the Celtics just did a much better job of limiting his three-pointers then they re, I thought they really 
really get him let him get loose in the second half and he just didn't make them I thought he actually got some of the cleanest looks that he's gotten in the series in the second half and just was a little off balance and just wasn't comfortable um well and, and on that yeah. kind of note going to the other team you and I both rewatched the fourth quarter and I noticed a more stark difference than I had remembered in terms of the, it's not the good and bad Jason Tatum shots, but the shots that you would expect him to make and the shots that are a little bit like harder than that standard. And Tatum's a good shot. He's a good hard shot maker, generally speaking. But like when he kind of went up and you could see if his feet were under him, like those kind of like off balance or fading or anything else, like those are much harder shots. But then when he had his feet set and things were going, they went in a whole hell of a lot other than the free throws. No, I, I think that's a, a great point that he he has not made that many difficult shots in this series and also is, i mean i think he's probably still shooting better from three than from two in the series and might maybe even significantly so because i think he was at 34 percent overall yeah he's, he's at 45 percent from three and 37 percent from the field which includes the three so yeah significantly better yeah so he's probably like 32 and yeah i mean i think just because the, again the the long arms of the warriors just their surprise ability surprisingly contained whether it's at the rim or on jump shots other than the likes of curry and pool it's just it caused a, a lot of problems for him so getting back to the celtics bigs and the strategy they also seemed more attuned to getting the bigs up on clay when he came off a of screen Draymond got a fake dho dunk on rob there it seemed like they played around with that a little bit but then the most effective thing they did that they just weren't able to sustain i think just due to the energy required was they came out with a plan at the start of the third quarter to switch and then deny basically any warriors action out on the floor which is what caused the warriors so much problem in that 2018 series against houston was they just not only were they switching and not giving up an advantage off the ball but they also just made it difficult to run their offense the warriors had three turnovers on the first four possessions of the second half after only having three and i remarked at halftime on twitter that one of the biggest things that i surprised me about the series is that the celtics hadn't been able to turn the warriors over more than they did and so but the Warriors had taken one shot they'd gotten four possessions Boston had gotten four possessions and they scored 10 points on them and they were basically right back in the game at that point and then I think Boston went up by as much as four and then the Warriors they got a couple of clay threes that were probably the biggest shots of the game from their perspective and it seemed like though that Boston just ran out of energy to really execute defensively with that level of intensity and pressure and just given the the injury situations with some of their guys like smart and the fact that white was largely ineffective in this game couldn't play that many more minutes it just i think they just couldn't maintain it like i didn't i think they kind of just called it off once they got back into the game just realizing that that level of pressure just wouldn't be sustainable but it worked for a period of time and uh, i mean that was my thought like i didn't see them doing that once uh, you got into the second half of the third and then really at all in, in the fourth although the warriors also i think by the end of the third had really simplified the offense more they did actually more of like the beautiful game fake dho coming off screens type of stuff in the first half but, and then uh, at the start of the third quarter and then they finally ditched it Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because 
all of my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the code CAPSPACE. Use the CAPSPACE. We talk all the time here on the program. You get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that CAPSPACE code to let them know that you came from us. To me, the definitive stretch of this game came. So Jordan Poole hits a buzzer beater second time in the series to end a quarter. And at different points, you know, you know, you and I are in the arena watching live. You thought it was late live. I, I thought it was late on the replay and it did. It was off of his fingers in time. That gave the Warriors a one point lead going into the fourth. And no, I think when I said live, I think I was like, I was saying it was late he, it as he was passing it to him. Yeah, Cause I'm there like, was there's no, no way he can get it off this fast. Yeah. And he did somehow. He did. Like, I couldn't believe he got off a half that, court shot that fast. That that's totally fair. I, I, yeah. In my mind, it was almost simultaneous just like the shot well it, and, it probably was simultaneous it's just my brain works a lot slower than my <laughs> mouth does, or, or a lot faster than my mouth does yeah and but so warriors up one started the fourth quarter wondered how long even though curry wasn't having the most prolific game as a scorer wondered how long he was going to be out how that was going to go it was a 10 to 3 start to the fourth quarter for the warriors Clay Thompson hit a three. Jordan Poole had some really nice offense. And I thought it was, though, the Warriors' defense that really set that tone there. The th- I thought the three points being all that Boston got, that was pretty well earned by Golden State's defense. And then from that point, they never really looked back. And so to get those minutes, you know, the, the non-Curry minutes are always so important for the Golden State. Yeah, I mean, and it was just drives and a couple of missed Derek White threes when they tried to have him one play they tried to have him run pick and roll and they just went under on him after the Celtics did a lot of the same thing they did in game five which was screening for either Tatum or Brown with whoever Poole or Curry was guarding and the Warriors just did a much better job of dealing with that like on this play Draymond actually just got through that screen and then they White tried to run a pick and roll they just went under on him he missed the the shot uh Poole had actually a, a nice recovery against Tatum after Draymond flopped for a foul then they kicked it to White and he kind of hesitated on a three because someone flashed at him out of the corner and and missed it went in and out and Brown had uh, some drives in the fourth that were just like really ugly turnovers like he had a terrible game Uh, overall they did a very nice job of not letting him get right uh, on his downhill drives just not letting him get downhill as much uh, at all and I thought uh, Draymond largely had a bounce back game uh, in part uh, with his defense on Brown, although he did foul out of his third game, which is the most anyone has in the finals since uh, 2000, which, uh, you know, it's not like Draymond's going against Shaq here like those Pacers were. Um, and there was also a stretch yeah. during that during that fourth that was just brutal for Marcus Smart. So started out with him. It was about the 10-minute mark. He gets some contact from Clay Thompson, but he flops really hard. And my criticism there, and you get people going like, oh, it was a push-off. And 
Yeah, there, there was a push up there. Is that when you flop as aggressively as Marcus Smart did, you are making a very specific bet that the officials are going to call it and they're going to call it in your favor. Because if anything other than that happens, when you're on Clay Thompson, it's a bad outcome for the Boston Celtics because you're giving one of the best shooters alive a all the time in the world to take a wide open three. And so I can understand the criticism that it should have been an offensive foul, but there's also process here from a player perspective which is that you're making a gamble that they're going to have seen it exactly the way that you did instead of just playing good defense and you also just have to know who the refereeing crew is too like mark davis is probably the most flop averse referee in the league and then smart comes down the other end tries to flop on wiggins getting through a screen where he just we named him during the pandemic quarantine period we did a podcast in which we ranked the league's flopper and he was number one to me because he just has such flopping versatility and he'll just like launch himself and he did that it was just a ridiculous flop and then the Celtic actually get a foul call later in the possession and he still gets teed up arguing about no I should have gotten my foul call earlier in the possession which was just a a bad way to give away a point Udoka got a a technical earlier as well and I I thought that was rather ironic considering that the Celtics shot 31 free throws in this game and the Warriors shot 15 and I thought really through most of the game the Warriors had the rougher whistle you know Looney got three fouls early and Clay got a couple of I thought actually the first four Warriors fouls of the third as the Celtics were making their run were all pretty borderline calls and you know I do think more contact at the rim does help the Warriors because that's just kind of the way that they defend but yeah like that uh, one but, where Draymond I mean, was that on Derek I can't remember who that was on like he drilled the guy they didn't call foul oh yeah I think it I, I think it was Derek White where he uh he didn't go a to b he went about a to q on that jump and just i mean we could see it where we were sitting he just jumped completely across the lane and just slammed into him with the body um and draymond falling out you know i think he has not been quite the same to me in these playoffs in terms of his athleticism i think that's where the biggest decline has been and like i think his rebounding getting off the floor quickly for rebounds hasn't been quite the same or even just getting like those little tips to somebody else and he also hasn't been quite the same as a rim protector like his shot blocks are down i think even compared to where he was early in the season but remember he came back from that back injury and you know i think he's been like a little heavy after that too you know he's not in peak peak shape and he's still been a very effective player and the fact that he can play center and still switch on it i mean the fact that he can guard some of the quickness of jalen brown at his size and also still be a guy who can battle in the post and protect the rim and all that is still exceedingly valuable but he still is not he's not at the same peak level and i think he's actually his lateral quickness is just as good he's just not at the same level getting off the ground as he was even i would say at the beginning of this year a couple other kind of tactical notes because of the foul trouble for Looney and Draymond Green at the same time we actually saw not only some Andre Iguodala but Andre Iguodala at center at the end of the first quarter Iguodala doesn't look too much better to me physically than he did in game one and he did play briefly in game three so the the good news for Steve Kerr is that they haven't had to rely on Iguodala. And then that was an interesting decision that came in the fourth. You know, the Warriors were, they had built this lead and Poole was a very important part of that. But then they end up going, it, I think it was this stretch, you can correct me if I'm wrong, where they ended up going to Gary Payton the second. And his defense, he had a couple of steals, he had at least one steal and a, maybe a deflection during that period of time. It worked out really well. Yeah, and I thought that the way that they used Poole in this game was pretty good. I mean, to have 14 points, but only play 14 
15 minutes. And he basically just played one stint, seven minute stint, essentially in each half and came out, had pretty good energy, three of six from three. He also had a, a nice pull up uh, as well, uh, rejecting the screen and pick and roll at the four. I think that's that shot is that quick release pull up two is going to be a big shot for his career going forward as well. When he can't get all the way to the rim necessarily against teams like the Celtics. But uh, as soon as Steph came back in, uh, you thought, oh, maybe Poole's got it going. They'll keep him in. Nope. They just took him out and put Gary the pa- Payton the second back in instead. And I, I just, I really think that Kerr leaning into the defense and then just trusting Steph and Clay and also Andrew Wiggins, who has just been more empowered to attack. And yeah, you know what? Andrew Wiggins over the course of a full season with a high 20s usage rate is probably going to be, you know, low 50% true shooting. But hey, in this series, just to not turn it over and get like a decent shot that has a, you know, 42% chance of going in in the half court when things have kind of broken down or someone who can just attack a closeout and get into the lane. Like that's worth something if you're defending as well as they have in their three wins in this series. Another quirk of this game, only three members of the Golden State Warriors made a three-pointer in this game. Clay had five. He was five of 11. Poole was three of six and GP2 was one out of three. Curry, Wiggins, Porter Jr. and Draymond Green all over and that's four of their five starters. And you brought up the stat, which is, of course, was big that this was Curry's first playoff game without a three. It's also the first game he's had regular season or playoffs since November 8th, 2018, where Stephen Curry did not make a three-pointer. Yeah, and I think Clay started off pretty rough in this series like game one he was had the primary side on Jalen Brown and he got torched pretty badly particularly at the start of the fourth quarter when the Celtics made their big run and really struggled to shoot the ball but I mean he hit some of the biggest shots of the game as I said he was 5 of 11 from three also like his two pointers weren't too terrible he was two out of three uh on twos you know only 14 shots like didn't take bad shots but he was very efficient 21 he, points he also had one of the best passes I've seen from him in a while to Looney and then Looney missed the the layup yeah and so the last three games clay has made 14 threes on 34 attempts pretty good and i think his defense uh, has been much improved he's averaging over 20 points like that's basically exactly what they need from him as a second score and he's been relatively efficient and he's also uh, right back to just playing a ton of minutes uh, again I mean, it really seems, Danny, though, like I would question a little bit Yudoka playing Braun and Tatum the entire second half. And now maybe I don't know that have it, if you were going to take one of those guys off the floor, you probably would have done it late third or early fourth. Well, if they'd done it early fourth, I guess it couldn't have been any worse for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was, again, what was so crazy about that run was Steph is out of the game. They've got Draymond and Looney in. They have Horford at center. Like, that should be a good offensive group, a five out group. And they couldn't score. Still thought maybe they could have made some more kickout passes during that period. And they also got lit up. And it's just like, you that's the personnel that you should be winning with. And I think Al Horford just, he was better on the perimeter defensively in this game. But he's had no effect as a rim protector whatsoever. He just, like, the when Jordan Poole had a blow-by on Derek White early in the fourth, he just, like, never came over. He's, he was just, like, wasn't even looking. He was, like, getting ready to go out of the lane in 2.9 after the drive already started he's still moving away like not even looking it's a lot of plays like he's had like a couple i think he had like blocked dream on one time but overall he just has not been like in position stepping up largely in part probably because he's so worried about uh, all the off-ball stuff that's going on 
Any other kind of small notes in this one? There was a play where Steph Curry drove and Robert Williams was there. I still don't know exactly why it happened. Maybe he thought Robert Williams was going to come to the near side of the rim. Curry goes far side and Robert Williams blocks the layup with the side of his right hand. It was just incredible. Yeah, that was right at the end of the first half. And then they gave up an inbound. Or no, sorry, that was the end of the first quarter. Then they gave up an inbound to Andrew Wiggins and then got teed up uh, also right after that and but, only but the- gave up one one out of three free throws right yeah curry missed the tech and then wiggins split his two and curry only ended up two, taking three free throws in the entire contest uh the pool banked three at the end of the third second time at the end of the third he's hit like a 40 footer but grant williams just stopped playing in the last five seconds after uh, the celtics missed and it's just amazing to me how often guys just like all right there's not enough time for them to do anything whatever it's just like just play for five more seconds and then you get to rest for four minutes that's how long these fucking timeouts are between quarters. And Grant Williams, you're playing like 15 minutes a game. Um, Gary Payton the second, he's got his second foul on just like he's very active on the boards overall. Like I commend him for that. He plays much better than the sides, but he does do this face guarding box out thing. The Jaron Jackson Jr. box out where that just doesn't work. Like you need to just you're always if the ball goes anywhere in your direction and you're just face guarding the guy, you're always gonna get called for holding him. Just turn around, get your butt into him, even if you can't move him back just prevent him from going forward and at least don't get called for a foul and eight we only have at most six more days until we get to say goodbye to the euro foul forever we hope i'll believe it when i see it (laughs) all right what's what's next here are are there many adjustments left we could see boston go back to more more of the kind of a little bit more of the defensive approach that they had in games three and four i don't know if it'll work but we could see yeah, it, more of the drop coverage i mean yeah. I think there's maybe you know steph looked pretty rickety in this game as i said and so maybe at least but maybe they'll say hey the reason that he looked rickety was because we were more aggressive on him and changed our approach and but you know if he just hits three of his nine threes or four of his nine threes he still has a pretty efficient game so i i think where they were was a pretty good place um you know it's just tough with rob getting out on the floor because he's just doesn't he's very vulnerable to like fake dho's and and just making a mistake it's just much better to keep him back in the paint or just guarding the guy coming off the screen like if he's going to get a little bit further up but he doesn't have to get that far up because he can still bother you You i did think that rob still didn't look like quite as explosive and quick off his feet as he did in game four before he kind of hurt himself another potential adjustment even though Derek white didn't hit shots in this game there are, i would be more comfortable playing when steph curry's on the floor playing Derek white than having al horford at the four it's like if robert williams is out there i don't think you need that secondary help and horford yeah. has the, they as did go with horford and williams together taking out white that's who white is who williams replaced when he came back in after that three minute rest in the fourth and so you're saying you would have just taken out horford instead there. yes that's what i would have done yeah i mean i guess horford was hitting his shot so they wanted some secondary room protection but and, and yeah, Derek White, like you, you, you brought this up as we were watching the game. Like he's had a few, you know, it's this, it's this idea of just like on offense, like good, good players on one end of the floor can have plus. He got, he got 
blown by a couple times by quick players. Yeah, it's really interesting how that's happened. I mean, it happened in just guys getting downhill at him. He has kind of struggled to deal with it a little bit in these playoffs. Like Butler, Wiggins has gotten him a couple times. Poole blew by him in the fourth. And he wasn't able to have the same kind of effect as a help defense guard as we've seen at times in this series, like on Poole when he just bedeviled him in game two. But yeah, White not hitting any shots, so it was difficult. He was negative 13. I mean, they really, you know, Peyton Pritchard had three pretty open looks, but that was just during that period where they couldn't hit anything and he only he didn't play in the second half i might have considered playing him more like i think he would he hasn't gotten lit up on defense or anything i think you know yudoka maybe is guilty of oh you missed your three three pointers i'm gonna take you out now like that seems you you just have to get something from some of these bench guys and grant williams has been a non-factor in this series except in game three he actually had a couple of nice blocks he blocked a step three from behind yeah that was actually one of the celtics best plays of the game he blocked that three from behind then robert williams through a gorgeous hit ahead pass to williams for what became an end one yeah his only bucket of the game but grant was negative 18 in 16 minutes so yeah i mean it, you know it feels like you know you could very easily particularly given golden state's record on road closeout games in these playoffs in which they are 0 for 3 that they'll go back there and the crowd will be massive and the athleticism the celtics will be flying around steph will have a rough shooting game and they'll just get totally blown out of the building and come back for game seven now this is already game six which is a little bit different they're not in a situation like where it's early in the series and they're up 3-1 or 3-0 so I, th- I think they do recognize where this is at but also I mean Boston just looked so worn down by the end of this game and yeah they have you do have a cross-country flight there is a two-day break but that cross-country flight probably you know, we've heard some players talk about how long the flight is so you know you could see Boston just not being able to score against this Warriors defense again and Golden State kind of winning the way that they won game two and and game six I could see that too it does I I think really like the I thought that the swing factor in this series was going to be Warriors offense against Celtics defense and that really has kind of been the case um you know I think largely Boston other than game three has not scored well against Golden State defense so yeah really still kind of comes down to like the whole Rob thing and the athleticism I've also just been disappointed in you know Jason Tatum just and I think he's playing so many minutes and he has such a massive offensive load that he just can't but like Jason Tatum like how many steals and blocks does he have in this series he had zero combined tonight he has a total of three blocks all of which came in the same game game four and he has four steals one each in the first four games yeah so that's just he's not been had the level of activity as a secondary rim protector I mean I just don't remember him making any plays really like help plays at the rim hardly and again that's partially just because of this off-ball movement of the Warriors and the shooting that they have like you're just more focused on that you don't get as much at the rim you can't be just like helping off of guys at the nail as easily either so like just the shooting and movement of the Warriors like does mess with some of these guys brains who are usually pretty good help defenders where your number one thing that you're worried about is getting out to the three-point line and for Golden State the Bielitsa experiment didn't go very well he was negative nine I still think they'll want to try to get some minutes out of him. I think if you are Golden State, you don't go too aggressively, particularly not in the first half with guys' minutes. I mean, to me, the guy that you lean on more is Looney, uh, except in this game, he was dealing with foul trouble in the first half. 
Right. Yeah. You know, GP2, I think he he's pretty fresh. You know, he's just he had a bunch of time off. I, I think he's he's not playing that many minutes. I might actually try to get more minutes for Poole, particularly in the first half, and particularly because Steph just really struggled in this game. So and he was still was seven of thirteen from two, which is totally fine, and had eight assists. Like he still was and was plus fifteen in the game. He just didn't hit any of his three pointers. But I, I was just a little worried about it, how he was moving in that fourth quarter. But you know, Tatum like couldn't even get back on defense. Rob is always like kind of limping around. Smart had another one of those weird periods where he was just like got tangled up and like couldn't run back and then like suddenly he's fine two possessions later maybe he just has like some kind of like a brace or or, like insert in his shoe that gets messed up or something like i didn't see anything acute that happened to him really but he's dealing with this foot and ankle issue and so it just looks like everyone is like about ready to drop it in this series clay like got a charlie horse uh, pool got a charlie horse he wasn't moving well for a while so this is kind of becoming a war of attrition but i think that that plays into golden state's advantage a little bit more even if they're older they are the they've got more playable depth in this series particularly on offense and they're willing to use it as well and tatum and brown just have to work so incredibly hard to get their points and they also just have to be the ones creating every single thing against this warriors defense so what do you think happens in game six you think celtics will win it i'd have the celtics this slight favorites but i think it's i think it's close to 50 50 i i've had trouble with that in this series yeah i agree and well for the celtics to win as i predicted before the series it would have to be in seven games now so they are massive underdogs but still capable uh, i would say it's just their offense has been you know it really feels like their offense is getting the life choked out of it the, these last two games by really really good warriors defense and i just i'm not sure other than just getting a bunch of turnovers and energy and like offensive rebounds you know just kind of more athletic plays i don't know how they are and actually forcing some warriors turnovers warriors only had six turnovers in this game again i mean which is just incredible it's like so hard to beat golden state when they don't turn it over like that six turnovers and only two of them were live ball steals yeah but again i think like this boss with other than rob and smart you know jalen brown is like the guy who's kind of glued to clay off the ball and i think he's done an okay job there but they just aren't aren't they don't have the energy it seems like to make the kind of plays that they made in earlier series defensively all right we are done here we don't there's that denver okc trade we got to talk about we don't have the protections on that pick yet that's out so we'll get to that a, a little bit later a few other small news things also of course a reminder that we'll be on playback for game six on thursday link to that is in the show notes and lots of great content out as well we did the jabari smith scouting report today i think we, we had some interesting thoughts and even some disagreements uh, on him and then paulo Banquero is going to be tomorrow podcast gods willing we'll talk to you all then